0: On today's exciting edition of the Great Lakes Gridiron Podcast, the gang rants about terrible clock management and how Miami may have made the screw-up to end all screw-ups in that regard. But hey, at least they weren't Texas, right? Turning our attention to the MAC, we're just beyond disappointed this week with CMU, and they kind of forgot how to play football against Buffalo, and that's something we just weren't expecting. But hey, at least the front runners of the conference in Ohio Toledo are looking strong as ever. Maybe a little bit of help for Toledo defense, but it looks like they're on a collision course. However, there is this new challenger coming to the table here, and Miami of Ohio is deciding that, hey, we deserve some praise too, and they do. So we're going to go ahead and talk about their rise a little bit. Now, we recorded this on October 9th during the Braves-Philly playoff showdown, and we got a little bit distracted because there was this great Braves comeback, and it was all because Justin decided to put on the Acuna 13. So it's safe to say we had a lot of fun with this, and we hope you guys do too. Without further ado, Freelancer. (laughs) Freelancer.
1: Welcome to another episode of the Great Lakes Gridiron Iron Podcast. With me today is Connor and Benji. How are we today?
2: Doing better than the Atlanta Braves,
1: I'll say. I that hate way. you.
0: He immediately went for the throat. He went I for the it. throat,
1: man. I hope Jared Goff tears an ACL. Whoa, well, We've we got, already had we got, enough of we, those. We got uh, Teddy two gloves. We're I hope he tears go. it too, then as well. And we got Hendon. I hope he tears his other one
2: too. Well then I, I'll step in at that point. Oh man.
0: Could Benji complete a ten yard pass?
2: Yes. Yes. Like, maybe
0: we we give you
2: eight. <laughs> we give you
0: eight yeah. seconds protection in the pocket. Oh, You're absolutely. going to get hit. Absolutely. Eight absolutely. seconds.
2: Absolutely. Okay. Let, I could complete in, a ten yard out with eight seconds. You got to give me the eight seconds <laughs> because the first time there's a defender that I see, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna dip and probably try to run. There's oh, no way. God. Benji. There's no way,
1: Benji, you're making that pass. Okay, Con-
2: well, Con- Connor, how are you doing? It's topic. Let's- Whatever.
0: I'm doing pretty good. I had a good weekend watching football and hanging out. Also been grinding 2K for the end of the season. Actually having fun with that game for once. So that's nice. But, yeah, outside of that, just uh, not too much going on here. Kind of looking forward to getting closer to having football in the middle of the week and every day. So Yes, absolutely. We're almost there.
1: Yeah, Saturday was probably one of my worst sports days I've had in a while. And then Sunday was awesome because, you know, my Falcons came back to win. And then Arsenal beat Man City for the first time since 2015. So that
2: was Arsenal fun. hasn't beaten Man City in eight years. In eight years, yeah. Wow. Yeah, so I was it's awesome. Michigan, Ohio State it. stuff
1: right there. Yeah, except we played twice a year. So <laughs> it was even longer than that. Oh, my much much Cups. <laughs> yeah, it was like 16 games we hadn't won a game against them. And it was like since 2018 that we haven't even got a point against them. So, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> yeah, so it's been a bleak time. But, you know, before we get into. Uh, mac play let's talk about the rest of the college football landscape you know guys uga came back to uh reality of how great they are michigan continues to roll uh benji you said on the last podcast that texas is back and uh they're not bad they weren't
2: they weren't i was wrong
1: Uh, uh they were they were back until they weren't in the last drive uh usc still has no defense but who's a shocker. But this is the thing I wanted to talk about the most. But before we go into that, what do you guys take away with UGA, Michigan, Texas, USC? What do you guys have about that?
2: Um, You know, I really I really thought that Texas was actually back. Because I think they're still a pretty good team, but not winning this weekend was, was massive. They wet the bed completely. USC... I mean, I'm, I won't give up on USC because they got Caleb Williams. I think Michigan and UGA are the two best teams in the country, though, by far. And then I think Alabama is playing themselves back into the playoff.
0: Yeah, I was, uh, I was surprised by the Texas stuff, too, because I had them as number one based on what they'd done so far. And I was just shocked by how poorly Ewers played to start off that game. Yeah. I still think the dude's a legit talent, but it was... The first sign I've had of his, where I was very confused by what he was doing, uh, but it's all right. It'll be Manning next year, and they'll be great as always, right? Then yeah. they'll be back. Yeah. But let's let's talk about the Miami thing, Justin, because that's what I was freaked out about. I mean, that, I can't believe it. That's that the was biggest.
1: Bad. That's the biggest. I, that's got to be the biggest storyline in college football, right? Like, I mean, it's not even. It, it, it's not even against Florida. They did it against. They did it against a, a Georgia Tech team that the week before lost to Bowling Green guys that that bowling green dominated them too really and you know it was a sloppy game it was one of those probably like look ahead games miami you know miami plays north carolina this week so it was really a look ahead game and just it was nasty it was just yeah, a it was nasty rough. it was a nasty game you know i i turned it on every now and then just to see what it was like and it was just like i say it was just nasty and then you know you look at it, you go okay miami they survived right that, that two-minute drive, you know they survived, okay? And then they didn't. And for everyone that hasn't seen what Miami's done yet, I hope you have because it's just all oh, – it should be everywhere. It should be everywhere. But the U is officially still not back after this. So with 38 seconds left to go is when they snap that ball, guys. 38 seconds. Georgia Tech had no timeouts. All you have to do is take a knee. Take a knee and you win the game. Take a year you're undefeated, going to UNC, top 15 matchup. We're, you know, college game day's probably there. We're ready for it, all of that stuff, right? No. They decided to run the ball, and the ball carrier fumbled, right? And you're thinking, okay, you know, they still took off. You know, Georgia Tech's got to go 85 yards in 25, 30 seconds. Well, guess what Georgia Tech did, Connor and Benji? It was... They went 85 yards in 30 seconds to get a game-winning touchdown to win the game.
2: Watching this game live because I watched the end and I was kind of focused on like catching up on scores and stuff like that. And watching that final pass, I was like, "Oh my god, this—they're not going to live this down." Well, what I don't
1: understand from it was, it, that whole drive, like I just had a feeling that Georgia Tech—you yeah. know—after that fumble, yeah. you're like, Georgia Tech's going to find a way to win this game or tie it up. It made no sense. On the last play, why the safety bit on the underneath route? You know, yeah. the only it way you lose, the only way you lose is if you let him get behind you. And what did the safety do? Let him get behind him. And this shows you that Mario Cristobal is an excellent recruiter but a below
2: average head coach. Oh yeah. I I think that's true. I think he's an elite recruiter. Uh, blow efforts head coach because you look at Oregon and some of those teams he had. They never like the year with Justin Herbert. They should have been in the playoffs. They wet the bat against Arizona State. Uh, wet the bat against Auburn that that year, week one. He does. He what kind of gets? He gets the excitement going recruiting wise, and he's able to land a lot of like four and five star guys. But in these these type of games that they're supposed to win uh they just never get up for it i don't know i it's coaching yeah connor give me your thoughts
1: on it man (laughs) because
0: you you guys basically summed it up i think it boils down to you're in a situation and you're jacked up on adrenaline and you know you're going to win the game and so you want to learn something from every play you call you run it out there to just you know do an easy run, at least get some experience for the blockers, or run a concept, and you screw it up. I mean, that's the the game you play, and you shouldn't have played it. You should have just knelt it down and called it. But it kind of ruins their season. It sucks.
1: Yeah, it really does. I mean, there's no way they can make. I mean, I literally don't think there's any way they can make the playoff. Like even you know, I, I think a not two loss. I think a two loss SEC team should get in over them because of how bad that coaching decision was. <laughs> like I know yeah, it They're, they're wild, not going to get past that. It, literally it's one of the worst losses, I think, this century of college football. It has to be. It, again, Georgia Tech is not, you know, it's not that good. You know, if NCAA was out, I'd give them probably a 74 75 overall. While Miami's a ninety five. There should have been no way Georgia Tech was ever even in that game. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you know what it reminded me of a lot of outside the fact that I mean it almost it reminds me a lot of that CMU versus Oklahoma State game where Oklahoma State, you know, kept sleepwalking and then got the lead late. And then, you know, the fluke stuff that happened for CMU to even get the chance and they took advantage of it. That's why you come in every week and you make sure you take care of business because you never know. You truly never know what's going to happen in this sport. It's why college football is the best.
2: Mm -hmm. Absolutely agree.
1: But, you know, that's it pretty much for around the country. Like I said, it just yuck for yuck for Miami man but week six gave us five conference games and two non-con games (laughs) you love it don't you Benji the two non-con games but we'll start with the non-con game or one of the non-con games and it kind of went as we expected. Mississippi State handled Western Western did cover you know good teams win great teams cover and that's another 20 point cover for the Broncos as well you know they lost 41-28 kind of good backdoor cover, but it wasn't really close as, MS- or as Mississippi State was up 17 nothing and 31-14, then 38-21 at multiple points during the game. Uh, did you guys notice, though, that Trayson Borgay, uh, their freshman starter, uh, w- didn't start? They went with Hayden Wolf, to transfer from Old Dominion. Anyone notice yeah. that? Yeah, I, I was I-
0: actually looking at the other guy, Slopek, because he hadn't got reps this year, or barely got reps this year. So. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I think that was, Not sure from injury.
2: To, maybe to keep that guy healthy, or I don't. I don't know because don't. I don't know because
1: you know Trey Bourget, You know he's a freshman, right? So like you want him to get these reps to learn, and also, you know he didn't get injured the last game. I don't think he had a great game against Ball State. A great game, and so it just doesn't make sense to me, but. Hey, you know, forty-one twenty-eight. That's not a bad game. You know, for all the Western fans that spent two dollars on their tickets to get in, uh, money
2: well worth. Yeah. So I said in the last podcast that I would uh, reach out to Brandon Walker and get uh, a comment on uh, the two-dollar tickets. Well, I did reach out to Brandon. Uh, He did not respond, and he actually blocked me. So, (laughs) so Brandon, please unblock me. I didn't say anything anything mean. You know, I mean, he must have been like all caught up in his fans or something. But, uh, yeah. When did you ask him? Well, I think on Tuesday or Wednesday.
1: Oh. Okay.
2: And I, I thought you might. Go I said, This is what I said. I said, Brennan, been an avid listener to Unnecessary Roughness since National Signing Day 2020 episode. And back in July, me and two other CMU alums started a Mac football podcast was hoping, though, to get your take on the $2 tickets this week in Startville. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of my screenshot, uh, no, it got blocked. So.
0: <laughs> Undeserved block. We're not going to ask for, you know, to get unblocked or anything. I-, I think we just become the heel here.
1: Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. You know what we should do? We should do a segment every week to see how much Mississippi State tickets are.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> should do a segment where we get blocked by every other podcast in college. Football.
2: Yes, the funny thing is, I don't think I've ever like really been blocked by anyone on Twitter that I know of. So this has to be like the first one. That's 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 I'm not that awesome. kind of person on Twitter. That maybe sometimes when I have like, a few, too many beverages, I might send to people or getting the weeds on like um, some college football stuff but yeah
0: that's uh awesome.
2: brandon's official comment is to block me so that's awesome that's really awesome not gonna lie
1: um but yeah so anyways like i said mississippi state one forty one twenty eight. 28 connor you got anything to say about it
0: uh yeah i think uh <laughs> i think the quarterback change is a good thing and wolf should probably be starting from now on incredibly efficient they they ran so much better on offense than i think they have in their past games I was shocked to see the score this close because I think we all expected Mississippi State to kinda kinda run away with this one. But yeah, it wasn't too much to watch besides kind of some scoreboard watching in the third quarter when Western came back and scored again and we're like, oh hey, they're trying to make this a game, but just couldn't keep on the gas pedal.
1: Benji, outside
2: game blocked, got any takes? Uh nope. Okay. It was good. Westerners for getting the cover, you know, they've really been, I mean, not a moral victory person, but like, when you can go down to the SEC and even cover and put up 20, that has to be a good moral victory, especially as they get into the weeds, into the match play. You know, it had
1: probably had to have been a sold out crowd for $2, you know, that's probably the only thing people in Starkville can afford. Uh,
0: it was, so, was 47,000 yeah. attendance, it was only 77%, but I well, mean... Do you really want to set the very top up there for two bucks even i mean think about parking uh just that's yeah, an old but, person take but
1: anyways the next game we're gonna talk about is toledo versus umass a former you know mac mac conference game pretty much a, a gentleman's mac conference agreement game you know umass kept it competitive in the first half i actually lost money because of umass uh i i they went up 21-17 with like 6 minutes left on the first half and I was like, "Oh, Toledo's just going to go right down and score." So I put Toledo money line first half and uh yikes. But, you know, Toledo won the f- or sorry, UMass won the first half 21-17 and then Toledo second half adjustments came through and they ran all over UMass. They got nearly 400 rushing yards. Toledo won t- 41-24. Their defense is still a cause for concern Connor as they gave up 457 yep. to UMass, but their rushing attack is a lead. Finn with 172 and a touchdown on the ground, and Penny Boom with 17 for 129 and two touchdowns on the ground. But my yeah, biggest Yeah, the same thing is- we
0: hammered on last week <laughs> about the interior run defense for Toledo, how confused we were that they had some pretty good defensive tackles and then nothing was happening from them. Same thing here. Lynch Adams was able to tear a huge run that was pretty much just to pull up the middle. So I, I'm i still concerned about that because there's a lot of run-heavy teams in the MAC. And if anyone's going to threaten him, it's going to be another team that's running up the middle a lot.
1: Well, yeah. uh, two weeks from now, Miami of Ohio will look out for that game. So, Benji, what do you got for this game? Yeah,
2: yeah uh, I saw that Taysen, I can't even say his last name, for uh, Mon-Con, the um, Clemson transfer, was back starting for UMass. So good to see him back. I think he got hurt, I want to say, against Auburn. But um, they put up quite a big fight, you know. I think UMass one in six, but they're not horrible. Um, but really, Duquan Finn had a great game. Um, Petty Boone, but yeah. I think I think this is kind of was kind of a get right game for them in a way. Um, still, I would be concerned about stopping the run. But uh, we'll see week by week, I guess, with them with their defense. If yeah. And Judge, did he even play? Yeah, it looks like he did, but he didn't really seem like he showed up much in the stat column. Our lock of the week
1: should have been the over in this game because Toledo just cannot stop anyone, but no one can stop Toledo either. So,
0: definitely should have been. We messed that one up. Also, the quarterback's name is Tyson Pumacha. That's how you pronounce that. Okay. Pomacha, Pumacha.
1: Is that like Wintergreen Shaw?
0: only long cuts no pouches
1: so but let's go ahead guys and uh this first non-conference game let's get it out of our system so we can move on connor i just just your bowls. what do you
0: want me to talk about how terrible central played and how buffalo finally showed up at the wrong time
1: yeah pretty much uh uh before i turn it over to you though You know, I texted it to you guys, but this truly might have been the worst CMU game I've ever seen in the 15 years of watching. Anything that could go wrong did. Uh, Devin Grant, he's the guy that got the blocked uh, field goal against Akron to win that game. Got two pick sixes against CMU. CMU couldn't run the ball. No idea why. uh, Because Buffalo has had trouble stopping it. CMU fumbled three times with only one being recovered. Uh, And one play that you know, I saw, I don't know if you saw Connor, but this is, I literally cut the game off because I was like so frustrated with it was fourth and eight CMU's own uh, own 47. You know, we, we still have a chance, right? You know, we're down 30 to seven. If we get a touchdown here, you're down 30, 15, you got momentum going in. This is right after the half. <sighs> Bracy, man, Bracey was wide open on Buffalo's 10 yard line. And like I said, wide open, no one within five yards. And he dropped the ball. And as soon as that happened, it, you know, nail in the coffin because he catches that ball. He might, he probably walks in and it's 34 14, 34 15 with, you know, with still the whole half left to go, but it wasn't. Um, The only takeaway I can say about this for CMU is that you got to look at this as a throwaway game. You know, be just like, hey, take a look at all the bad things, but don't dwell on them. You know, just be like, hey, this was not our game because literally every bounce went Buffalo's way.
2: Yeah, I think in these types of games with a young team, they're bound to happen. I mean, two pick sixes—that's pretty much lost the last game right there. I, I think for CMU, it's best to just—and not to be all cliche—but throw the film, bury the film, get back after it this week. That's pretty much all you can do in a game like this. Just gross all around.
0: Yeah, kind of like we expected here, the secondary got exposed. I mean, there wasn't a route that we could cover, and it didn't matter who they were going to, they caught the ball. And with our side, with Bracey dropping that one, I think we just figured out why he's not getting playing time, because this was the first time that he logged meaningful snaps for us, and it was kind of a garbage time game already. I mean, the pick six killed us. You don't want to start a game off with that. Which one? That's basically (laughs) what happened, the first one. Um, but hey, Alex McNulty is a pretty great kicker name. Uh, so that was fun to text about if you're a uh, if you're a fan of the Wire. But yeah, yeah outside of wow. that I this game was terrible. I uh, started looking at therapists during the middle of the game.
1: <laughs> Anyways, uh, next we're gonna talk about Eastern dominating Ball State, twenty four to ten. You know, Eastern wins on homecoming. Their defense came up in the second half with a shutout. In the second half, not much offense again Only 250, 250 total yards For EMU while Ball State had 300 plus But EMU's been, but don't break defense Came through with two key fumble recoveries
0: Alright, what, what surprised me And I guess we have to start it off with this Is I don't know if I can ever trust Ball State again And I'm just appalled By how poorly they've played Um, Marquez Cooper Again, I, I say it every week Oh, he's the best running back in the Mac and he carried the ball six times And he wasn't bad <laughs> Uh, They just kind of shied away from the run game because they were down the whole game. So really frustrating to see Eastern be able to pull away so quickly in the second. And then it was pretty much a nothing burger after that. There wasn't a lot of excitement in the fourth. And you kind of just watched the game as they punted away to each other the whole time. But I think that the the big punt that Eastern had was pretty sick. They had like a 70-yard bomb that rolled. It it was really cool if you like special teams play. Outside of that, though, uh, this was not a great game for either team. Very sloppy, fumbles all over the place. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about Eastern even after this. I still think they're a solid team, and they're going to be a challenging play for most opponents. I think they played better in this than they played against Central, despite the fumbling issues. But Yeah. yeah, Ball State really scaring me with how poorly they're playing.
2: Just watching the quick highlights that ESPN has, um this game you know i think eastern eastern's really that tough team that they're gonna be a tough play i think the rest of the the remainder of the year whoever they play was disappointing to see that marcus cooper only had six carries um they got him involved in the receiving game iron in the past game with a seven for 62 but you know ball state man disappointing i think this is gonna hate to say it, but this is gonna be an opening, I think, at the end of the year. Um, really curious to see how EMU finishes out. I mean they're not out of the conference race or the division race and big picture of the conference race, but um tied with CMU now, I guess, because CMU got beat by Buffalo. So really curious to see how what how this turns out come Mac play. Uh in terms of the Maction games.
1: I was going to say bring Brady Hoke back home. Yeah, I would be down for that. Bring him back home. Uh, Next thing we're going to talk about is uh, you would think that after their great win from Bowling Green over Georgia Tets that maybe their offense was starting to click and uh, Connor actually had his stuff together. Well, we couldn't be way more wrong because Miami – Ohio shuts out bowling green twenty seven nothing. Guys, this red hawk Ho- this Red Hawk team is legit. And it actually might be their defense. That's the strong point of the team compared to us thinking it was the offense. Connor went Connor, you went back to your old ways of throwing a pick. You're and welcome. Wild stat, which shows how great Miami or Ohio's defense is. It they held them under a hundred rushing yards and a hundred passing yards. So almost under two hundred collectively. That is tough to do in college football.
0: Yeah, they were under 100 rushing even if you take out the uh, sack yardage because different sites will count that in a different way. So that that is beyond impressive. And then the offense did nothing to disappoint. They just, every time they had the ball, consistent yardage. No real resistance, just keeping it easy, simple, scoring. And when you only have to throw the ball 18 times because you're in control the entire game, that's what happens. You just manhandle them on the O-line. And that's really how this game went.
2: Well, Bowling Green, you know, when you look at this year, they, they seem to follow good games with disappointing games. I mean, they they obviously disapp- had a disappointing game to start the year against Liberty. They had beat Eastern Illinois. They did have a good... They followed that with a good effort against Michigan. Then got smoked 38-7 against Ohio. Followed that with a great upset win against Georgia Tech. And then followed it up with another stinker against uh, Miami. It's just tough to to tell what's what version of this team you're going to get. I mean, Connor Basilak followed his best game with eight for 17, 64 yards and a pick. It's just like, Oh, um, on the Miami side, I think there's a legitimate chance that they can beat Ohio. I really do. I cannot wait for that game. That game's going to be awesome. Um, kudos to them five and one playing really good football. Um, it's going to be great. Uh, they really have a lot of great momentum coming off that Cincinnati month.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. You never know what you're going to get with this team, which might make them the most intriguing team because you never know. <laughs> but well, so these we, next- we get Miami
0: well- pretty dang soon against the real opponents in Ohio and Toledo back-to-back. So yeah. we're only two weeks away from that. That's going to be what really decides the MAC in the end, or at least that's what we think is going to happen.
1: Yeah. yeah. And those games are going to be awesome to watch. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Uh, you know, These next two games are going to lump the lump them together. The Metro-Cleveland-Max schools nearly gave up 100 points collectively. Kent State lost 42-17 to Ohio. And Akron, yikes. Akron lost 55-14 to NIU. Uh, Ohio continues to look good. And maybe NIU is starting to get their season together. For Ohio, Curtis Warwick, he played all four quarters, I believe. Uh, went twenty for thirty two for three hundred and three touchdowns. Miles Cross had a career game with seven receptions for one twenty five and two tutties. And this game was pretty much all about the Ohio defense. You know, they they do what they always do. They suffocate the opponent, uh, the offense, and you can't make a mistake against that de- against that defense. And anything will be taken advantage of, and that's what happens. Uh, while the NIU game was all about the non-existence defense from Akron, Akron gave up nearly 400 yards on the ground, and Ontario Brown had 13 carries for 280 yards and 4 touchdowns. I don't think I've ever read a stat line like that. He averaged over 20 yards a carry. Rocky Lombardi went ten for fifteen for one ninety one and two. Lingard couldn't get anything going for Akron, and Taj Bullock started for Akron and had a modest game of one forty six, one touchdown and a pick. What do you guys think about these games? Because they
2: both were blowouts. Um, Parker Navarro had a couple big runs for Ohio. Um, I th- they're right there with with Miami. I mean, they just uh. they beat. Iowa State beat FIU and just have a lot of momentum right now, playing really good football. Um, Kent State obviously is who they who we thought they were. Um then in terms of NIU, I think I owe them an apology. Um I don't think they're still anything that special. But I thought Akron would give a, a better showing this week and possibly keep it close and have a chance to pull off the upset i was completely wrong i will uh say that i was wrong and um that's that
1: takes a big big man to admit when you're wrong
0: (laughs) yeah i i I was wrong too with the akron thing because i thought this would be lower scoring and kept close um i had them covering their plus six but i I had kind of hyped it up too because i their backup that was starting because irons was out experienced had a lot of veteran presence and i'm like okay cool he's gonna be able to write the ship and it'll be a close game but no pretty much nothing here um (laughs) kind of crazy that someone read for 280 yards the more i look at it the crazier it gets like if you haven't looked at the highlights of his runs almost every single one of them is a highlight because that's just how efficient he was um on the ohio side of things i've got to shout out bradley weaver who he's a sophomore edge rusher and he had two sacks in this game, and it was one of the first games he got on a production. So that might be something to look at because Ohio's defense is absurdly good, and they might have just added another piece who kind of unlocked some potential there. So I'm I'm excited for it. I really wish we could see like Ohio and Toledo play because I already just want to see what happens with Ohio's defense and how Toledo's defense is way worse than we expected. Uh, I'd love to see what that final score would look like.
1: You know that if that's for the MAC championship game, I'm mm-hmm. down to go yep. if you guys want to go because that's going to be a lot of fun. That's going like that whole game is going to be fun to watch. It's not yeah. last year was terrible because I think both quarterbacks, <laughs> both starting quarterbacks, were out in that championship game. So Dequan, it was just, I think, played, but Curtis Rourke was out. DeQuan, Dequan was out too.
0: DeQuan was out. Yeah, yeah, oh,
1: yeah. They both were out last year, and so literally it was a battle of backup versus backup. So I can't wait for it to actually, like, hey, oh. we just got to hope they're healthy, right? We just, just keep hoping yeah. they're yep. healthy. But that's it for the uh, recaps. Now we're going to jump to the week seven previews over halfway through the season, which is just crazy to think about. But we'll start with the game of the week, in my opinion. And I think it just has to be Bowling Green 8-Buffalo. One of the main reasons why I think it's the game of the week is because it's the lowest uh, line in vegas you know buffalo coming off a massive win against cmu and they dominated that game you know we talked about in the recap they dominated it so they're you know they're rising from their sinking ship while bowling green is going down and they're going to the bottom they're going to be next to the titanic pretty much here soon but you know buffalo is only a minus five favorite and I think I'm taking the Bulls this week, guys. Again, they're just the better team, and you can't trust Bowling Green.
2: Yeah, you know, um, really, yeah, this game is tough to predict because you don't really—I don't trust either team. Really, um, I think I'm going Buffalo here.
0: No, I'm—I'm uh, going to be taking Buffalo minus five and a half. And honestly, I might be looking at alternate spread with this because I just don't have any faith in the consistency from Bowling Green um buffalo may not have played well early in the season but they did just shellac central so kind of hard to go any other way but think buffalo is going to win this one i was gonna i'm going buffalo minus five two
1: yeah and uh tickets are fourteen dollars for ga which i found out guys their general admission is behind the end zone so you're behind the track as well like the deepest part of the track and 32 dollars for those side terrible seats that are up top the second deck and now it makes sense why Connor you said last week they're not selling out because outside you know they're not playing great football it's you know th- $32 on the side seat there it's not a good view it's no, not
0: it's not and honestly it might even be better to be in that upper deck to be able to look down versus being pushed back so far yeah and then being behind a sideline full of you know six foot whatever football players right so yeah, that's it's a it's some tough viewing angles there. I'm not sure how that stadium is. I'd love to hear from someone who's been there if it's as bad as it looks from the TV.
1: Yeah, outside the Buffalo game, these games are all seven point or more favorites going in. Next up is Kent State versus Eastern. Eastern should get this one easily as Kent State still is just unfortunately still bad. EMU is minus ten and a half point favorite. You know, I take EMU in the points. This game will finish about. Thirty-one ten or thirty-one seventeen or twenty-four ten, going to be low scoring and a defensive slug.
2: Fast guys. Yeah, I like EMU minus ten, and then I like the under forty-one and a half.
0: Yeah, under is not a bad option. I want to see them get Tanner New involved more because he had kind of a down game last week for Eastern. I want to see him get in some more receptions, and this is one of those opportunities he has to expose a, a worse defense. I mean, they've been allowing about two hundred thirty yards in the air. That's uh that's quite a few. That's uh more than two hundred and twenty. So yeah. I'd love to see I'd love to see him get more involved in the passing game.
1: That that defense has been allowing a lot of yards, no matter if it's on the ground, punt returns, kick returns, field goal yardage, running, passing, quarterback sneaks. That that, that defense can't stop anything right now, unfortunately. So tickets are only eleven dollars though, guys. So not bad. <laughs> Uh, a Mac West matchup now with Toledo going on the road to Muncie to play Ball State. Toledo is a minus seventeen point favorite, and for good reason. We just said it earlier. Ball State is bad. Ball State is very, very bad. It might be the worst team in the Mac. Uh, they are definitely the worst team in the Mac West. You know, but I personally like the over of this game of fifty-two points. Ball State can still run the ball. It's the only thing they know how to do with Marquez Cooper, and Toledo can't stop the run. I think Toledo covers, but this game is going to be 42 17 or 42 24. Lots of points in this one, guys. You know, tickets are $17 on for general missions on both end zones and, you know, I this would be a fun game to go to cuz you can see a lot of points.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I like I like both those those picks for the over and the Toledo cover. I we'll see. This is another game where we're going to see how um even though ball state's nothing special, how their defense looks. I I really think Ball State they, they gotta get Marquess Cooper the ball. He needs he he needs more touches than six. It Doesn't even matter what the score is. Um, they need I even if when they're down I would still commit to getting him running the ball with him. Um, he's really I mean realistically their their only weapon or on offense one of the only guys really that you you really fear. Uh, so. Yeah. What What are your thoughts on this game, Connor?
0: Yeah, this one's going to be... Hitting the over, and then honestly, I'm flirting with the Toledo minus 17. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing some Tucker Gleason in the fourth quarter, honestly, (laughs) because this one could get pretty ugly. Uh, The revelation here, though, has been Penny Boone. Uh, Finn just had a monster game, but Boone has been backing it up every single time. And it's surprising to me because when we did preseason research and started looking at depth charts and everything, I actually thought Stewart would be the one getting the majority of the carries. Turns out both of them are good. Turns out Boone's one of the best rushers in the MAC. It's just that's how things shake out sometimes. Um, some of these teams are way more talented than others, and I think Toledo is an example of that where they have depth that a lot of these schools can't compete with. So I think this one's gonna be a pretty rough game, but there's gonna be a lot of points might be worth a watch. might be a fun scoreboard watch too to be like, oh look, another seven. Oh look, another seven. You know, always good to see those high scoring games.
1: The only way you know Ball State can win this game is if they give Marquess Cooper the ball. That's literally yeah. the only way. That, that you have to be able to shorten games when you're going against bigger, bigger, and better opponents. And the only way to do that is by running the ball.
0: Also, so start you- Samanza again. Come on, Ball State, start your freshman. If you're gonna throw this season away, better start the freshman some more. Yep,
1: yeah. you might as well. But yeah, that's the only way they're gonna win this game is if they are able to extend. The game. Or, sorry, uh, shorten the game. It's the only way, and you know, just limit the possessions Toledo has, and they might have a chance. Probably won't, but that's the only way they can do it. Um, you know, this next one, uh, this has to be a CMU bounce back game, right, guys? I mean, Akron is depleted, not doing anything right. CMU just came off their worst performance in the MAC in recent years. CMU is a minus thirteen point favorite, and the over under is forty eight. You know, I hate taking the favorites, but I do like CMU by two touchdowns, and I like the over. You know, I think Akron's going to be able to move the ball on CMU, but CMU is going to be able to score 30 themselves. Balance back week for our chips, and tickets are starting at $16 for homecoming this week up there at <laughs> Mount Pleasant. It's,
0: yeah. funny s- it's funny you say that, because the lines have adjusted drastically for this game throughout the day, because I've looked yeah. at it multiple times and been like, oh, I'm going to bet the over. Oh, I'm going to bet the over. And now it's all the way at 44 on certain books. It's forty-four exactly.
2: Yeah, it was forty-four and a half. I'm on I'm young. It was so. forty-eight this morning I when know. I showed you
1: guys. I know. What is Dude. going like?
0: Like, what would they? How CMU is also down to minus twelve and a half right now. I think there's a lot of people who saw that game l- last week, saw us as a disaster class of a team, and expect more of that. And I think. <sighs> We kind of have to double down at this point because we were so confident about Central last week. Plus, we're huge homers right now. So I'm going to double down on this and probably take that over 44.
2: Yeah, I got minus 12.5 over 44.5.
1: But I don't I don't understand well, yeah. how... Sorry to interrupt you, Benji, but I just don't understand how this line can come down from 48 when Akron gave up 55 last week to a team that is not good.
2: Because Central we scored, can't move the ball. We scored 13. I we mean, have no really, run game right now.
1: Yeah, I think Seam you can put up. Like I said, I think Seam you can put up thirty by themselves, guys. I really do. So I don't understand how that point hole is down to forty, like forty-four.
0: There's just no run game on Central right now, man. Bailey and Luke. We, we don't have
2: one guy that is has emerged really as the guy. But there's no defense on Akron. There's no deep – after NIU, like
1: how can you tell me that they're going to hold CMU under 24 points?
2: Because this that's game pretty- last year was, I, was 28 to 21, I think. So That's over 44. Yeah. That's why I'm taking it. Yeah. Um, hey, I, I want to keep coming down. Point,
0: I can't wait for yeah, all, all of to us to lose down. money again. We're going to be so yeah. confident. G- great. <laughs>
1: uh another cross division game puts miami of ohio versus western from waldo you know miami's only a nine point favorite in this game the over under is 53 for some reason i want to take the under just because of how dominant miami of ohio's defense has been but i think the best bet here by far is my is miami minus nine you know if they don't cover there might be some worrying to go ahead as they are they might have a look ahead against you know the mega game of next week against toledo the red Hawks yeah. have just far and superior better than Western, you know, tickets are seventeen bucks. Uh Miami's gonna cover. They have to. Oh
2: wait, yeah, that I wasn't
1: Eddie Rosario, so that was Travis Darnell, my bad.
2: Yeah. I like Miami to cover the nine and um under the forty nine and a half. I just think this is gonna be another like twenty seven ten game or twenty seven to three. Um as Miami looks ahead to like the the really the meat of their schedule. So how about you, Connor? What are you thinking?
0: I'm torn on what I'm going to pick with this one. I think it's going to end up being the 8.5, but with how Western's been able to score pretty consistently in that mid-20s range lately, and they've you know done it against some mixed opponents, uh, I'm leaning a little bit towards that over, but Miami's kind of at a, in a hot streak, right? They're in a class of their own right now. I think that this is going to be the 8.5, but I'm kind of curious to see if this game ends up being closer and we're wrong about it. Uh, because for as good as Miami of Ohio is Western sneaky and they uh, they were a team that I thought would win like one game and I keep thinking oh they're going to get close in this one they might pull it off so and then, not, and then not they'll lose by else. three touchdowns yeah wonder what you can get that's probably like a plus 500
1: probably Uh, The last game we're going to, on the slate, we'll actually test Ohio's defense after last week. Possibly we'll test. NIU opens up as a seven-point underdog against the Bobcats in DeKalb, Illinois. Over-unders, 46.5. I'm taking Ohio for the same reason I'm taking Miami of Ohio. They are just so much better than NIU, and this is the toughest team NIU will legitimately play all year, probably, outside Toledo. Uh, I think, you know, Ohio might be better than Nebraska this year. I really do. Whoa. I, I know. I know. But Ohio is rolling. Ohio is absolutely rolling. They, they, they don't have any weaknesses. You know, they have zero weaknesses. But yeah. either way, Ohio rolls easily here. Twelve dollars here to see this game, guys.
2: That's ten dollars more than it would be down Starkville, so <laughs> um yeah, I like I like Ohio to cover and then I like the over forty six and a half. They're playing really good football right now on both sides. Um Once again, can't wait for the Miami-Ohio first Ohio game. It's going to be awesome. So, Connor?
0: Yeah, they got to get through this one, though. Uh, C. Bagura, I keep saying his name, and it keeps coming up because he's been carrying the ball a lot for Ohio. And while it's been a committee, he's the one I get more excited about. Uh, I'd like to see him kind of take this one over. It's a pretty clear Ohio minus seven. Um, The only thing about this, and with the whole gambling thing, right, is like – I'm not usually one who ends up taking a bunch of like favorites to cover their spread, but this week, with how lopsided things are, it really seems like one of those weeks where every single thing is, cool, the favorite's going to trounce this game. I don't know if you guys are following that same trend, but that's what it feels like.
1: It's, I, I looked at it, and, and yeah, we've taken all favorites here, and I don't like it. I really don't like it because... It just. When's the last time all favorites have won? It does you know, Sorry, happen. I have all they covered, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you mean it doesn't matter?
0: It doesn't happen. It's rare oh, really yeah. that
1: ever happens. Yeah. So I, I really hope the one team that doesn't cover is Akron against CMU, because then that would cause a lot of red flags with our team. But, you know, that's. I just think, you know, all these teams are just superior, you know, than the teams they're playing. I think this is like the. This is like the perfect. I know, I know they've already played one game, but this is like the true, real MAC opener, if that makes sense. Because the rest of the season is MAC games, and I think this is a perfect. I think these are perfect matchups. You know, it shows the uh, the weaker opponents. Can they, you know, can they compete? Right? Can Western compete? Can Akron compete? Can Northern Illinois actually compete? And we're all going to find out this week. You know, th- this is where we're going to know who's the real deal and who is not. Benji, this is your week for the Where Are They Now segment of the podcast. Who did you choose?
2: So, <clears throat> excuse me. So I, for my for my Where Are They Now, I picked the legend James Chadwick Pennington, a.k.a. Chad Pennington. He was the quarterback for Marshall from uh, 1997 or 1995 through 1999. Um, 1997, he threw 42 touchdowns, 12 intercepts. 12 interceptions led Marshall to a 10-3 and record, 98, 28 touchdowns, 7 picks. As they were 12-1 and 1 that year. And then in um, 99, 37 touchdowns, 11 picks. Marshall went 13-0. He went finished fifth in the Heisman Trophy, uh, his top receiver. Let me know if you guys have ever, ever heard of this guy. This guy's named Randy Moss. Never um, heard of him. He ended his, his Marshall career. Uh, completing one thousand twenty six passes of one hundred six hundred nineteen passes for thirteen thousand four hundred twenty three yards, one hundred and fifteen touchdowns, forty five interceptions. He also was excelled academically, graduating with a degree in journalism. He had a three point eight three grade point average and was a finalist for the Rhodes Scholar. He uh, wrote frequently for Marshall's newspaper, the Parthenon and was a broadcaster for the school's radio station, WMUL, um, although he had used a pseudonym, so he wouldn't be distracting. Won the Sammy Ball Trophy in 99, William B. Campbell Trophy, was a mass- Max MVP, and Max Offensive Player of the Year all in 1999. He went to the NFL, uh, had a career from 2000, 2007 for the Jets, and then 2008-2010 with the Dolphins. Um, won... NFL comeback player of the year twice uh was the uh, two times NFL completion completion percentage leader in 2002 2008 um had a solid career was in the Brady 6 draft so i think that kind of puts him down cuz most of those quarterbacks you think oh, all these guys were trash cuz of Brady Brady but he actually had a pretty productive NFL career just had had a few injuries i think that kind of um Made it, made it, made it difficult, and that kind of what ended his career with the Jets, and then later on with the Dolphins. But pretty solid career. Um, looking what to, to what Chad's doing now. Um, he currently resides in Woodford County, Kentucky. Um, him and his wife Robin have the First of Ten Foundation. Um, that uh, since its inception in two thousand three, uh, it has given more than half a million dollars to different charities. Um, he created the uh, number 10 Bucking Bulls with partner J.W. Hart. He hauled Bulls to the PBR finals several times, with the most famous being number 121, Katmandu. Um, and he's also, just like Jordan Lynch, he was hired in 2018 to be the coach of Lexington, Kentucky, Sayer School's new football team. In the first year of coaching, he led the team to a 30- 30 three and five record um didn't really look too much into it but i know that school is where ashley judd uh she's an actress famous uh kentucky wildcats basketball uh fan so led them through three and five record um this guy kind of get sad pinkton kind of gets lost in the fold um in terms in his nfl career and in his career as a math because marshall was was a max school um they kind of took a step up and left, but you know, he won the 1999 Motor City Bowl 21 3 over BYU, um, legendary Mac quarterback. So, you guys, any thoughts on this?
0: Yeah, I uh, I always kind of hate on Chad Pennington, and <laughs> it's not just the old, oh, he was he was Mac, he's fake Mac. No, it, it's more of the NFL thing because that's where my perspective with him comes out. Uh, It's always wild to me that he almost won an MVP. Uh, Yeah, he did. He only lost because Manning was godly that year. But it's just crazy. I do think I and the public hate on him a little bit too much because it was Brady in that draft, right? So you're like, oh, how didn't you get Brady or, I guess, like... The, the quarterback class in that draft wasn't great, but the ones that you know of are better than him. Uh, Mark Wolger, that's who I was thinking of. Mark Wolger yeah. was the same draft, and he was kind of better than Chad too.
2: Yeah, kind of better. I think what really affected Chad Pennington was injuries. Yep, he did He he did lead the Jets to the playoffs. He won a game as a New York Jets quarterback, which not a lot of quarterbacks have shown they can do uh, outside of Mark Sanchez. So. We'll give him that. I mean, he was part of the Wildcat Dolphins. Um they didn't win a playoff game, but they did win the NC, so I'll have to give him that. And he did have the forty-seventh perfect game in NFL history on November 16, thousand three, at a one fifty-eight point three passing percentage, so Yeah, I mean Our QB rating.
1: I'm not gonna lie, you know, until I started following them started following the Mac I didn't really know much of Chad Pennington. He was like in the NFL before I got big into the NFL, and you know him being a New York Jet. You know, as a Falcons fan, I don't think we played him that often. And I only really, you know, I was nine or ten. I didn't. This sounds bad, but I didn't see many highlights of Chad Pennington.
2: Yeah, back then, was her. I mean, growing up watching that, I know it was her.
1: I'm just saying, yeah. like, I just didn't see many highlights of him. So yeah. I didn't really know about him until pretty much I was, like, 15 or 16 and, you know, started getting more into the Mac and Mac history and then all this mm-hmm. stuff. And, and you know, all that's, you know, I never knew he was a radio host. You know, that that's, yeah, yeah. I, I love that. that. I love it. You know, I love all this information about these different types of people because it shows you that he was that in the words of Cardell Jones, he didn't come to school to play. You know, just to football. He actually came to school to actually do school and enjoyed his life and was able to actually do things outside of, you know, outside of football. And I think, and here's another thing too that I think is a great benefit of the MAC is you know if Daquan Finn wanted to go on the radio at a local Toledo radio, he could do that. You know, I don't think you can do that in the SEC or the Big Ten. I think there's just too much media on each player. You know, like if Blake Corum was to go, you know, beyond, what, 91, the ticket or whatever the Detroit sports talk is here, um, people would know, right? Everyone would know yeah. about it, and then they would get flooded in, and Michigan State fans would call in, and everyone would call in. So I think it's cool that he had the opportunity to do this at a smaller school, and especially in a school, you know, Marshall. It's in West Virginia. Right. It's not like it's in a big, big state, big college football state. Well, West Virginia is a good school, but West Virginia, the state itself is just not that big. So there's
2: two schools there. It's Marshall yeah. and West Virginia.
1: Yeah. And so it was really it's cool to hear all about all about that stuff. And it's cool that he's like kind of resided in that area, you know. He still lives in Kentucky. You know, kind of the mountain area ish still. Appalachia.
0: Yeah i please
1: you yeah but anything you guys want to add anything else
0: nope Uh, all right i mean a little bit of a social media shout out here because i just want to recognize that western michigan's been killing it leading up to their homecoming they're doing this whole comic book series with all their players and staff and a bunch of different things awesome to look at definitely would do it uh opposite of a shout out for soaring eagle casino because they have a central michigan jpeg crudely on their advertisement right now if you're like in the area and it looks awful and then herman moore's there why like why is (laughs) it's just such a terrible ad like so low budget so good on you western not not so good on you central slash soaring eagle casinos
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's sad but that'll do it for our episode thank you guys for listening thank you everyone for listening and uh you know we'll be back here next week with a uh actually kind of a special podcast Mm -hmm. we're not going to spoil it or anything but i think everyone would like to listen to it next week so it's uh it's gonna wait it's gonna be one of a time i know benji and i are excited about it thank you have a good week